you are welcome to Mindful Moments of Mars, the audio experience that uses the writings of Edgar Rice Burroughs to explore mindfulness. You in particular are welcome. A lot of people are listening to this, but I'm addressing specifically you. You know that many people are hearing what I'm saying right now, and they're thinking, is he talking about me? Is he talking to me? No, I'm not. I'm talking to you. You specifically know that I'm talking to you. You are welcome. The others, they can kick rocks. You're the one who's welcome. Welcome today. I hope you have a great day and a great audio experience listening to me. Edgar Rice Burroughs wrote these stories so that we could read them, so that we could pay attention to them, put our focus, our, our mind, attend to his words in a mindful way. And through that act, achieve a higher state of being. No, he didn't. He didn't. He just wanted to give us a bit of some hijinks on Mars. He wanted to deliver hijinks. Let's see what hijinks are in store for Tara et al. in the next part of Chessmen of Mars. They had reached the tower now, and as they entered it from the subterranean corridor, a backward glance revealed the van of their pursuers, hideous caldenes, mounted upon swift and powerful rikors. As rapidly as might be the... This is the sentence I struggled with last time. Let's just power through. Let's power. Th- we can do it together. Let's all hold hands. If you're listening to this with someone else, hold hands with them. I'm in a room on my own. I'm actually looking around to confirm that. There is next to me, there's an area of this room, which is called the present corner. Um, I won't go into details, but there is a bag on it that has a... There's a bag there that has a picture of Santa Claus there. Um, so I feel like I'm joined here today by Santa Claus. <laughs> I feel like I've, I've given away too much. Too many people are going to be asking, why is there a present corner? You don't need to know. It's a secret. I shouldn't have revealed it. Um, it'll be stricken from the record. <laughs> no, it won't be. I don't do any editing. As rapidly as might be, the three ascended the stairways leading to the ground level. But after them, even more rapidly, came the minions of Lud. Gek led the way, grasping one of Tara's hands, the more easily to guide and assist her, while Gahan of Cathal followed a few paces in their rear, his bared sword ready for the assault that all realized must come upon them now before ever they reached the enclosure and the flyer. Powerful sentence. Let Gek drop behind to your side, said Tara, and fight with you. There is but room for a single blade in these corridors, these very narrow corridors, replied the Gatholian. Hasten on with Gek and win to the deck of the flyer. Have your hand upon the control and if I come far enough ahead of these to reach the dangling cable, you can rise at my word, and I can clamber to the deck at my leisure. But if one of them emerges first into the enclosure, you will know that I have never come, and you will rise quickly and trust to the gods of our ancestors 
to give you a fair breeze in the direction of a more hospitable people. Tara of Helium shook her head. We will not desert you, Panthan, she said. Gahan, ignoring her reply, spoke above her head to Gek. Take her to the craft moored within the enclosure, he commanded. It is our only hope. Alone I may win to its deck, but have to have I to wait upon you two at the last moment. The chances are that none of us will escape. Do as I bid. His tone was haughty and arrogant. The tone of a man who had commanded other men from birth. And those will. And whose will has been law. I almost burst into an impression of... Um, Aku, the, the sorcerer from Samurai Jack. Um, but Because his, his will... No, his evil was law in the future. Um, but I don't think that was a good idea. Tara of Helium was both angered and vexed. She was not accustomed to being either commanded or ignored. But with all her royal pride, she was no fool. And she knew the man was right. That he was risking his life to save hers. So she hastened on with Gek as she was bid. And after the first flush of anger, she smiled. For the realization came to her that though this fellow was but a rough, untutored warrior, skilled not in the finer usages of cultured courts. Ooh, I put in the word the, though there, that confused. Listen, it's not important. The gist. Tara's like, oh, this guy. This guy. His heart was right, though. And brave, blah, blah, blah. No, I'm not doing a good job of reading this book. I recently listened to an interview. Did I, did I tell this story before? I don't know if I did. Do I have time for this story? I'm trying to be a bit snappier. Um, I listened to an interview with someone who reads audiobooks. And the, the gist of it was, it's harder than you would think. <laughs> Says me on episode 172 of an audio experience, which is essentially an audiobook with assorted ramblings included. But in order to read audiobooks professionally, you need to do significant preparation. You need to, for one, one thing which I have, I have not done is read the book before you read it um, for the job so that you know what words are coming up, you know, what names are coming up, you know, how many voices you might need to do, how to pronounce everything, um, where the tense parts are, where they're more like, you know, you need to prepare and what can we learn from this? There are things in life that are best done with preparation. And there are things which... When you have prepared in the past to do them... When you've, done it, when you've been through the process several times... You can give people the impression that you have prepared when you actually haven't. You can make people think, oh, this, this person knows exactly what they're doing. And they're, they're very prepared for this thing that is currently happening. When actually what's happening in your head is, whew, I am 20 seconds ahead of everyone else in my level of preparedness for what's happening. Um. A good, a good tip I had from someone I used to work with 
was that it's always good to be to, if you have let's say you have two things to say on a particular topic um you you begin by saying in the context of a meeting or even just a kind of more informal discussion so you have two things that you want to say you know two pieces of information that you want to convey to people and you want them to pay attention so you say there are three things because no one deep down no one really wants to listen to anyone else <laughs> we all just want to listen to ourselves because we all think that we know what we're doing well we don't we don't think we know what we're doing but we want we want to think that and the best way to experience the feeling that we know what we're doing is to pay attention to ourselves and be like yeah this guy knows what he's doing anyway you begin by saying there are three things and everyone stops and they says they think to themselves okay i'll pay attention for the duration of three things now i know that there's an itemized list coming i'm ready to give you a small amount of my attention you've only prepared two things to say but by having a bunch of people looking at you and saying those two things you gamble that by the end of those two you will have thought of a third thing and more often than not you will have thought of a third thing and in the odd chance that you get to the end of the second thing and you don't have a third thing um You can just say any questions, I guess. I don't know. Your third thing is any questions. And and you're like, your questions are as important to me as your first two things, as the first two things that I have. Am I being especially waffly in this episode? I feel like I am. But I also feel like I've imparted to you the secret of getting people's attention for the duration of a short itemized list, which is to add one thing to the list and begin by telling them that a list is on its way. Because if you tell people... Hey, listen to me. Number one, blah, blah, blah. They're just going to think, oh, God, how many things is he going to tell me? But if you begin by saying, there are seven things. They were like, oh, seven, that's pushing it. But I think I can pay attention for seven. Maybe three, four. It's a reasonable number. <sighs> Should we take a breath? Let's take a breath.